0: Welcome back to the 1-2 Kentucky Blue Podcast. I am your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's episode, my guest is the director of sports performance at Hanover College, Coach Alex Makeham. I have known Alex for several years now. And if you didn't know, I went to Hanover College. I played football there. I graduated with my degree in physical education in 2005. Another fun fact, Gibby went there. Gibby played football at Hanover. But the cool thing is, is that Alex was his strength coach. I had a great conversation with Alex about his roles at Hanover and the new performance center that he opened up in Madison, Indiana. We also dive into some of the issues that our profession is facing and the negativity that surrounds it. As always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Love it. Love it. Well, things. Things are great. How
1: about you? Can't complain. Can't complain. We're back into another school year, so
0: yeah, you know, was gonna, all the
1: things that head on with that.
0: I was uh, thinking about that this morning because for some reason I remember when I was at Hanover, we didn't start <laughs> school some years until you would like right after Labor Day, so we didn't start school until early September. So I wasn't sure if you guys were back in classes or not.
1: Freshman freshman week this week, Is and it? then um, yeah, so the twenty what are we Monday 29th? So they'll they'll come back, but then they get they get the following Monday off for Labor Day. Yeah. So it's it's probably a week earlier than usual. But I mean, football's been back two weeks. Yep. That's That'll what be. I remember. I remember
0: football practice two a days, and it just seemed like camp was forever because school hadn't started yet. So we could practice as many times as we wanted with no restrictions.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So now they've still got they've still got the two weeks, but they've they've now got that like they'll they'll lift with me, they'll they'll kind of have excess sessions in terms of film and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah. um, obviously the one, the one session a day, these days.
0: Yeah. When does foot do you know when football has their first official game?
1: The third is okay. that a Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So they'll have it the third They're against center
0: center college. Good old days. Those well, I, pre- I appreciate you hopping on here with me. I was, um, you know, taking down some notes, and I'll shout you kind of on a, some topics we can talk about but typically on this podcast it's me gathering my thoughts about things that we talk about as a Kentucky strength staff and then I'll interview some other you know support staff performance staff members here then as I scroll through Instagram you know one thing that always catches my eye is either what you've got going on at Hanover or what you got going on in the private sector now so I thought it'd be cool to get you on here and uh you know promote you and pick your brain a little bit and then talk about things to come for alex macon
1: absolutely man i appreciate it i'm
0: I'm looking forward to it awesome so let's start off with just intro your position at hanover and then where you're from originally
1: yep so i am currently the director of sports performance at hanover college um running all 21 teams right now uh I started off over here as a, um, I got recruited from Australia to play soccer, um, made my way over here 2007, and then kind of played here for four years, ventured around a little bit, played a little bit in England, um, went back to Australia to play. And then 2017, um, we came back, actually got married uh, the 26th of August, 2017. So we're creeping up tomorrow on the uh, the old five years. But, um, Ended up at Hanover, kind of by coincidence. Started volunteering there, um, and kind of built from a voluntary role. Uh, kind of started working with men's soccer and a little bit of little bit of women's basketball. Kind of built that into more teams and more programs, and getting a weight room set up that actually made sense for for lifting and sports performance, and then move that into a full time role, salary um kind of created the position itself and now sort of looking to grow that a little bit more each time uh each time that I get the opportunity that's awesome
0: so um what was your did you do any other internships before you got to Hanover what did that look like in your career path
1: so so internship wise I actually worked for Randwick Rugby Club um that's kind of a feeder program it's a It's a professional rugby club back in Australia. And I worked for them for a full season. Um, The strength coach actually came over and was the strength coach for the Jalitnas in Major League Rugby um, out of LA and then worked for him for 12 months. Then ended up coming over here, worked for Marshall University with their Olympic sports programs and and with soccer a little bit. Um, Coming over, had a little bit of sort of delay with a work visa, um, getting married, all that sort of thing, took a little bit of time. So missed a couple of opportunities there, but was able to intern with Marshall, get some experience with them, and then started volunteering. So I guess started off with an internship at Hanover, realistically, and that kind of gave me the position I got today. So other than Marshall in the US, Hanover will be and is my only Collegiate strength role um up till now.
0: Yeah. I love it that you got the got to Hanover College. And like you said, you started off in a voluntary position and then you built your program from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Because even when I was at Hanover, and this is years ago, there was no strength conditioning program. There was no dedicated strength coach. My strength coach was also my wide receiver coach on the football team, and he was also. Uh, one of my professors as well. So he had a bunch of different roles outside of strength and conditioning. So I think it's awesome that you came in as a volunteer, built the program to where it is now. But I also know that you have some other roles uh, with Hanover College as well. Are you still helping out with the soccer team? Do you still help Wilco out on the field?
1: Occasionally when he's not yelling at me. Um, So he, um, yeah, I'm, I'm working with the men's goalkeepers again this year um i teach occasionally when when we have the strength and conditioning class obviously we venture down to to uk every every may when we get the opportunity um so i'll help bill tereshko with with the strength and conditioning class uh working with the men's soccer team and then outside of that i've kind of narrowed my roles a little bit this year based on some other ventures obviously that we'll chat about but uh but yeah kind of diversifying what i'm doing at hanover and kind of becoming a role in a few few different areas around campus so let's go right into
0: that so you opened up at your own performance center and it's in madison correct yes that's correct and it's uh genesis sports performance yep that's awesome. correct so kind of walk me through that coming out of pandemic were you just like let's do this <laughs> let's open up our own facility you and see come how goes. what's that
1: I think I might have lost you there for a second.
0: I got you. Um, so coming out of the pandemic, you, you guys, oh, how, how long have you guys been open
1: in Madison? So we officially opened in January, um, right before I got COVID for two weeks. Oh, geez. Um, so, so we we pushed essentially early February is when we officially opened. Um, so what are we going on? Eight, nine months, uh, that we've been officially doors open um, having athletes adults come in and that was something that i guess a little bit of background on that genesis sports performance originated with with graham wilgerson uh he's got the the gen north facility in carmel um, up in indianapolis and he's kind of built that started off sort of small shoebox type facility building little by little on on what he has now and and is kind of the main player in the game uh, up in indianapolis and we'd sort of i'd run into him through some connections at hanover and he's a depot grad so started chatting to him and we were talking about the possibilities of working up there in in indy uh transitioning out of hanover and then he he basically said to me he said what are your thoughts on do you think it would be successful down in madison indiana and We've got a lot of high schools around. Um, Lexington's probably the same. You've got a a big population similar to Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Louisville. It's kind of an expected thing that kids are going to do some sort of sports performance. This was really a big leap because not a lot of kids were able to access this sort of stuff unless they traveled to one of the big cities around. So it was kind of a leap of faith that we sort of threw myself into this and we sort of started promoting. And, and obviously the connection with Hanover has helped out and allowed me to kind of build that reputation. And we started getting kids in the door and and basketball and baseball probably are our two main sports that we train, a lot of middle school kids. Um, and it's kind of spiraled into a very successful venture. A venture from what it's been in the last six to eight months. So we're, we're kind of firing on all cylinders. And um, I like to say we, I, I'm the, the strength coach, the janitor, the marketing girl, the marketing girl guy, um, admin, all that sort of stuff. I get a, a fair amount of help from up north, but you're kind of a, a main role in all different areas and you kind of wear many hats. So it's, it's been really good. It's been a good change of scene too.
0: Yeah, so talk about that facility. What's, what's a square footage? What kind of uh, equipment do you have in there?
1: So overall, it's an old anytime fitness. Um, so space wise, there is about 6,000 square feet, um, probably anywhere around 4,000 usable space. Um, a lot of portion portions off um, walls, things like that that we can open up into. Um, we've got tw- 20, by, 20 by 12 um, turf space. Uh, we've got belt squats, um, reverse hypers, back extensions, um, some barbell variations. We do a lot of conjugate style training out of there. Um, We've got the free lap timing system. We've got the jump mat. So we do a lot of the metrics for um, a lot of 10 yard static sprints. Um, So we're not able to do kind of flies or anything like that. Um, But we do a lot of jump variations, kind of monitor that see how the get kids are progressing, teaching them the mechanics to jumping. Um, and outside of that, I mean, your typical racks, barbells, um, dumbbells, nothing that we're really going to blow your mind with equipment wise. Um, but the primary focus of what we do there that no one else does in this area is jumping and sprinting. Um, we 30 plus minutes, 35 minutes of our sessions kind of entail some sort of lateral linear speed variation, um, some sort of jump variation. And then by the time we get to the last 20, 25 minutes, we're looking at two, three, four main strength exercises, some unilateral work, and we're, we're wrapping them up and getting them out of there. So we've seen a lot more benefit from that than, Hey, let's just lift heavy and, and get strong. So it's been, it's been a good change, not only to my training style, but, seeing from a different perspective that you can't just you can't just put 12 year olds through heavy sets day in day out
0: that all makes sense so talk through a day in the life with me of you know obviously you're probably going back and forth between campus and then uh the private sector facility and i was thinking back to when coach brent and myself were you know just getting into this business and we were young assistant strength coaches here at Kentucky, we ended up opening up our own CrossFit affiliate and mm-hmm. it worked out well because we ran it out of our weight room from UK and we just did it on the off hour. So we had a 5am class and it's crazy to think back that we used to have, you know, 30 plus people that would come work out with us at five o'clock in the morning. Um, that was our biggest class. And then we had an 11 o'clock class when we didn't have any athletes, um, in the weight room UK athletes in the weight room and that was catered towards like UK athletics employees so we had athletic trainers and assistant coaches and head coaches and people from our marketing department that would come and work out with us and then we had an evening class as well so once all the team, UK teams got done for the day we had a final class and we did that Monday through Friday and it was it, it was exhausting um mm-hmm. so I know you gotta probably travel back and forth but just take me through a day in the life Alex making.
1: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I never actually had a chance to ask you on that one. Um, obviously, I was aware that you'd, you'd started your own CrossFit sort of affiliate facility. Um, and, and that's something I was always interested in, how you played those two roles. And I'm sort of getting a, a little bit of a sense of that now doing both of these. So um, what I've tried to do for the most part is split it into shifts. So let's say, for example, um, I'm at, at Hanover in the mornings, um, three days a week. Two days a week, I'll be at um, at Genesis. Over the summer, that changes based on not getting to work with my athletes at Hanover, so it can fluctuate uh, based on the time of year. But I'll typically roll into Genesis anywhere between 4, 4.30, um, get set up. We have 5.30 a.m. class. We run a class, excuse me, every 30 minutes up until 9 a.m. And then, I mean, we can get anywhere from six adults and six athletes to 15 adults, 20 adults and 20 athletes, um, depending on the morning. After that, I'll typically kind of get my my usual paperwork, admin work, uh, programs done between that nine and 11. Your typical strength coach hours, you have your lunch from 11 to, to say one. Um, and then I'm back sort of at Hanover in the afternoons from a, a one, two o'clock, you get your workout in, you get your lift in. Typically running any sort of individual sessions simultaneously. Um, the benefit with Hanover is that we typically won't start team sessions till three or four in the afternoon. So then you're running three, four, five, six, seven, um, three, four, five, six, depending on when the athletes are available to come in. With my smaller teams, I've tried to kind of dig out as much time as I can. So with, say, volleyball and tennis um volleyball and women's lacrosse um men's lacrosse and uh say for example we've got track so we're trying to or softball we're we're doubling up teams um i've mainstreamed a lot of my structures so i mean we've got athletes that my softball athletes are gonna do a little bit more rotation than than say for example um my track but at the Division three level, I'm finding a lot more characteristics rather than movements are needed. So we work rotation and I rotation with all of them um, so they can kind of mainstream the programs a little bit more, but that'll kind of vary. I may be Hanover in the morning, that may be a 6A to 11A. Um, and then in in Genesis from 3, 3 or 2, 3, 334, 4, 4.30, um, up until about seven at night. And then this coming semester, I'll look at running a morning class um, or a couple of morning sessions at genesis seven eight nine and then kind of gives me the ability to get to any of the games i want to get to and then um in on a sunday we run a five six seven pm um so you're sort of going small hours but varying that up throughout the day so depending on the time depending on the day depending on how many teams i can fit in an hour while making it structured and organized um, it's sort of your five to eleven, and then your two to seven type shift most days, and then a couple of hours on weekends.
0: That's awesome. Because I was going to ask you about, you know, just your philosophy, and you answered my question before I even uh, asked it. Is you got a lot of athletes at Hanover, a lot of teams, uh, a lot of things to juggle, but it seems like you, man, your organization just seems like you're on top of it, and that's awesome. As you have developed the performance department at Hanover from your first day on campus to where you are now, what do you think has been the biggest needle mover in regards to the entire perception of sports performance and strength conditioning? Um, What do you think has been the biggest thing that has helped you in your role at Hanover? I know you remodeled the facility not too long ago.
1: Yes, yes. So I think, I think investment. I mean, I know coaches talk about investment a lot. Um, my own personal time, um, in some cases, your own personal money. Um, again, you need a quick, quick pickup of a couple of bands. You're going to, you're going to throw a couple of bucks towards that, um, relationships. I mean, obviously as, as you were aware, kind of being a, a Hanover alum from way back, it's one of those things that you have a community, you've got to keep relationships with the community members you keep relationships with employees you keep relationships with non-student athletes uh so my ability not only to handle my relationships with the athletes but an understanding of you get a young kid that just wants to lift and they're only able to lift at four o'clock in the afternoon because they've got study groups tutoring extracurriculars creating a good relationship with them allows them to kind of be more respectful of what your space that's needed. They're going to move off to the side. They're going to ask you if there is space to lift. And, and I think compromise has also come down to it that a lot of my off season teams, I get kids that used to just roll in, Hey coach, we're using this and building those relationships. It's now a case of guys. These are the times I just have no space and their understanding of that. Um, community members having a little bit of a say in terms of what they do and how they do it, helping them with different movements, helping them with their longevity of training. And then I think the main thing between investment, relationships, and down to simplicity. I mean, it's not, I say it's not much of a science. It's a big science what we do, obviously, but you be nice to people you treat people the way you want to be treated and you're going to get that that mutual respect. And I, I have a great mutual respect with my athletes, um, whether they agree or not. Uh, my my coaches have a mutual respect for me. Um, it's one of those things that forming those relationships have kind of built into that role and made my role significantly easier in terms of what I'm doing now. And rather than headbutting with people, uh, meet them in the middle and you find there is compromise somewhere in there.
0: I love it that you said that because so many times and so many other professions where you go to school, you get your bachelor's degree, you get your master's degree, and you get the information you need. And most of the time you just go out into the workforce and you do that job. But with us in strength and conditioning and performance, and it doesn't matter if you're a strength coach, a dietitian, or athletic trainer, it a lot of it comes down to the relationship piece and how you handle yourself as a professional, and you gain that experience by the years and years that you put in in the profession. Uh, so, I love it that you were that was one of the biggest things that you just mentioned. It's you know, we got a facility, we got some buy in, but you really got to develop the relationship with not only your athletes and your coaches, but the other people that you got to work with. And I know there's, like you said, there's a lot of other things that you got to got to think about as a uh, strength coach at Hanover, where you're working out in the same facility as the non-student athletes. Mm-hmm. You're working out in the same facility where community members are allowed to come in. So, um, you know, if you just chalk it all up to, yep, I got my degree, I got my master's degree, I'm good to go. No, sir. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> other stuff that you got to worry about as a college strength coach.
1: And uh, and if I'm being honest, mate, it's, it's one of those things that I, I did all the schooling i did all of that and and i think one of the things the pieces of the puzzle that i've missed is is working through i mean I'm obviously your, your intern program and stuff like that is extremely extensive. Um, i most of what i've picked up is learned by doing learn by doing it wrong and realistically that master's degree is not going to teach you that. Uh, how i how i budget, what equipment I pick up. It's not just a write a check and and we're good to go. It's it's work out what things are needed, what things can I put on the radar for general students. Um, And I think kind of falling into this role of make work what you've got has really um, opened my eyes as to, I'm not walking into a facility saying, this is my space, I set it up here the night before, I know when I leave at seven o'clock at night, nothing I've set up is going to be there at 5am when I get in there. So it's one of those things that having the good, good relationships, I'm saying, Hey, John, you're not an athlete. If you use this, put it back for me in 10 minutes time. Great. Perfect. Now I have no worries. Does it fall on its head occasionally? Yeah. But what doesn't? Um, And I think again, it kind of helps me out that I'm, I'm very, personable with a lot of the students and they don't mind hey yeah coach no problem you let me use it i'm going to set it back up for you once i'm finished so that all that sort of stuff will will not be taught or hasn't been taught in school just yet hopefully at some point they can throw that in so yeah
0: like you mentioned well, our internship program at kentucky and it's I love talking with other strength programs and specifically with their internship co- coordinators where their curriculum leans towards so we very much lean on. Alright, here are the basics of being a strength coach and specifically a Kentucky strength coach, but then also we are going to spill into you not so much on. uh, Like the sports science side and getting deep into the. Catapult and VBT stuff, but no, we're going to really lean on the side of relationships and leadership and leading yourselves and how to build those relationships, uh, not only with coaches and uh, student athletes, but just everything that you said with everybody that you come in contact with. So you can be a better professional, a better person, which will definitely lead to you being a better strength coach. And like I said, hopefully down the road, that should be a part of a and conditioning um degree path whether that's undergrad or master's degree because that's such a big part of what we have to do
1: absolutely absolutely and i mean mate, you know what i i'm still a rookie when it comes to using a an ipad let alone <laughs> like VBT. and i've got i've got some VBT things that we use i've got catapults that we use I'm, I'm looking into some different gps units and things like that and I, I look at it and and it's all good it's all kind of a little bit of a selling point for a performance program but until it's more than just a one person situation um i'm kidding myself if i think that i'm going to be able to go out to every soccer practice and every game and and watch my my top 11 and and where their mileage sits and and how many high intensity yards they're they're kind of implementing and things like that it's just it's not feasible um so again that simplicity why overcomplicate something that that's not broke right now so
0: yeah so let's spill into that. So you're a one man show now, but do you still have your assistant position? Is that still open?
1: Correct. Yes, um, it's still open. I've got a couple of candidates I'm I'm still sort of working with. Um, and that's something that I kind of approach my my administration and, and sort of put forth my ideas and put forth. Um, there's a lot more that went into it rather than just, hey, here's your assistant position. Um, but it it, it eventuated. Um, it's finally eventuated and now finding the right candidate to kind of fill that role and um, hopefully find someone that that can fill the gaps and and implement what I have tried to do the last four or five years um, to the same standard. Awesome.
0: I love it. Um, can you go into even more details of that job description or like what sports that person might be working with or are they literally just an extension of you. And if you can't be somewhere at this time, they would just fill in for your spot.
1: Yeah. So I kind of tossed back and forth some ideas of, do I, um, do I give them teams? Do I give them shifts? And, and as you're fully aware, you, you work with one team. Um, Don't mind, don't mind me in the background. I got some chickens that are cruising around my backyard. So, Um, but it's one of those things that I thought about running teams and, a coach could be there at 6am, they're there at 8pm at night, they're there at 6am the next morning. And to me, that didn't seem practical. So what I've looked to to develop a little bit more is, can I give them certain teams that they're going to program for? So part of my assistant program would be, can you implement programs that you've written? Can you implement programs that someone else has written? And can you be in charge of those teams? And then can you explain to me how you want those programs implemented when you're not there? So let's say I have a young assistant that's going to program for baseball. Um, Can you implement that program to a high standard? And then can you get that program to a point where I understand that I'm going to implement it the same way? Um, So let's say, for example, I'm on campus Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, then my assistant might be there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and they're going to take, they're going to take those shifts that I'm, I'm not able to cover. So essentially, yeah, an extension of, of what I'm doing, but with the capability of, of running that program as I would. So
0: I think that's a really good idea. Um, you know, one thing that I saw, because I do follow you on Instagram is, It seemed like, and one thing I do love is, and I'm not sure what exactly the Instagram account um, is, but basically all this guy does is post jobs that are open in our profession. Mm -hmm. And he'll throw up the logo. If there's a job description, he does that, a link to how to apply. And I think that's awesome. Um, But one thing that I've seen, uh, and I know you posted about it, and it's been a frustrating thing on my end, is it seems like there's a trend in our profession where if somebody sees a job, they see the description of the job or the title, and then um possibly what the pay is, they want to throw out some ignorant ignorant negative comment on how this is hurting our profession as strength coaches. And I got the feeling that based on your post, that that is <laughs> some something like that happened with the Hanover College Post. Is yeah, that correct?
1: Ab- absolutely. And and look, it's one of those things. I mean, obviously. We're, we're looking around and, and look, I don't get me wrong. I, I'm sure in some way, shape or form, someone out there deems a million dollars appropriate for, for a strength coach salary. And, and that's great. That's great everyone jumps through, through the, the fire to, to make sure things like that happen. And what I really don't understand is if I'm not your assistant, John, and I don't know what, what goes into you may have 500 bucks in your in your budget no one knows what goes on within that and if you've got 500 bucks to spend why should you be criticized well hey you know what i've got 500 bucks to spend this is what i can afford um i saw another couple of d3 roles that offered sort of a stipend for the year um who am i to say that that's they haven't sold their soul to get that that stipend so Um, As I mentioned, a lot went into getting the money that I got for my assistant role and and kind of playing with some numbers and playing with positions in housing. Um, I mean, the average housing is about 500 bucks a month in Madison. Um, So I'm saving them six grand right there. It's one of those things that you've lived in Hanover, Indiana. There's not really much around. So to put a part-time position... Do you put a part-time? Do you put it full-time? Uh, I've had a few people question why someone needs a full-time, uh, sorry, a, a four-year degree. And for me, that's the baseline of, of what I would expect. It, as a strength coach, even an internship, if it's an internship, great. Work yep. towards your CSCS, your four, four-year degree. That's I'm what I was going to say. It. Even
0: for our summer internship, we prefer prefer people that have a four-year degree
1: absolutely and and that's the thing no one ever questions if you go to a doctor you're not going to say hey well if you don't have your your doctorate or your phd then then i'm okay with that like we we expect them to be the highest level of professional and for me having a young kid come in whether it's part-time full-time the expectation is roughly 20 25 hours very loose schedule i'm sorry very regimented schedule but loose outside of those expectations um and my frustration is and and being blunt here people climb over each other to to work at a division one program that you're it's a privilege for you to not be paid and to find your own housing and to find your own meals and no one's questioning those internships whereas at the division three level i just look mine was mine was double the pay of what a, a current division one program is going to be and as I said, I think people want to be knowledgeable in every area they can and people feel it's their right to jump in. If, if there's a political issue going on and I have no knowledge of politics, I'm not going to jump on that argument. And I think that's the problem is everyone wants their say and everyone wants to kind of say, well, this is, this is ridiculous. And unfortunately, unfortunately they were Hanover alum and, it's, it's hard when people see that negativity and they say well if that's the position I'm not interested in it so um it's made it it's made it difficult it's made it difficult to get that that buy-in and that um that positive perspective from the job itself
0: I think you made a great point and I think you reposted it might have been Tennessee Tennessee had a, a volunteer internship position mm-hmm. that they posted on that same Instagram account. And it's there's no negative comments towards a division one volunteer internship position that Mm -hmm. that just seems like that's par for the course as a as a strength coach, which, you know, as I think back and I tried not to have the mentality of that's how I did it. And that's how it needs to happen. Like, no, as a strength conditioning profession, which I believe it needs to be led by the NSCA and the CSECA. And I think the Mm CSECA is moving towards it with their the requirements that is needed for their certification, but I think that needs to be part of it. But could it be in conjunction with somebody's degree? Um, could it be very similar to the way that athletic training has their um, certification and their criteria, their licensure set up? But even to um, to go off something else, I saw recently that a, another Division three school hired a sports performance coach as their director. And the guy's not even certified. Like, I have no idea how much he's going to get paid, but he does not have an accredited certification. Mm -hmm. And when I say accredited, I mean, NSCA, CSCS, or even their certified personal training degree. I'll take that. That's accredited or anything from the CSCCA. This guy has just made up certifications that you could get out of Cracker Jack box. And I was just blown away by that.
1: And and look, that's the problem. Is look again. I understand. So we're we're obviously moving that direction between Division One, Division Two. I think NAIA was the third on the list, um, followed by Division Three. Is that they're all moving toward that accredited strength coach? And and look, to be honest, the CSCS. Um, I haven't. I've looked into the CSCCA, and I, I think that's a great great certification. Um, but to me, the CSCS is a piece of paper that allows you to coach, but for me to not have that minimum certification is kind of a, a mockery of the industry. If you can't even spend the time studying for what I would deem a mandatory license. Mm-hmm. um, it, It's concerning that we're, we're putting these coaches in positions that they're not, they're not hundred percent sure of what they're doing. And they're, they're just taking programs from, Hey, John, I heard you, you had a pretty good basketball program. Let me, let me grab that program. I'm going to throw it into to my basketball guys. Yep. My guys aren't aren't developed the same as what, what a UK basketball player is. It's it's very concerning that we're trying to use programs from other from other strength programs and trying to call it our own and, and saying, well, I've run strength programs for years. Well, have you? Or have you just attempted to implement these programs you've poached from from someone else? so yeah
0: i think my frustration lies um there's a lot of bickering back and forth between strength coaches and to your point when that happens online in a social media setting nobody knows the background of how hard you had to fight for disposition or how hard i had to fight to get these approved paid internships positions and um, just those ignorant comments are frustrating and it's not helping our profession at all but I do think there can be constructive um, Mm -hmm. conversations like we're having right now that can push us towards the right, uh, in in the right direction. I think one thing that frustrates me as well is the lack of, um, uh, I guess autonomy might be the right word, but like as strength coaches, we're strength coaches and Mm -hmm. I can practice strength and conditioning because I have my NSCA CSCS certification, but also we have several athletic trainers on our staff at UK. And it's a great thing that they also have their CSCS. They read yeah, the book, absolutely. they signed up for the exam, they have a bachelor's degree, and they passed it. And it's great. I love it. That's great for their career development. But I can't just read a book, sign up to take the exam to be an athletic trainer and go that same route. Yeah. I think that's where we need to get as a profession where we start making it more, instead of a certification, a piece of paper, it's a licensure. It's a, it's a process that you really have to go through to become a performance coach, become a strength coach. And I think once we get to that spot, then uh, a lot of the, the negativity and the, I, a lot of the confusion that happens in our uh profession especially on the college side of it and doesn't matter if it's division one or div- division three i think a lot of that will start fading away but i think the nsca has out there that's in order to sit for the exam in 20 the year 2030 you have to have a degree and strength and conditioning and i think that's a great first step but then that is also eight years down the road still you exactly. still got a while mm-hmm. so
1: yeah, look, I think I think that's the thing is, and, and I agree. Um, I believe is it three or six months? I believe you can take the CSCS prior to graduation. I think it might be three, three months, but I think that's that's crucial as well, is, is that you can leave an undergrad program holding your CSCS and a bachelor's degree in hand. And I think um, the more and more we we do that, the more and more I think programs can maybe even invest back with these strength and conditioning classes is there a budget that the the 5 out of 30 the the 6 out of 20 the 3 out of 10 however however many it may be invest i i realize as a young coach it's it's still a cost it's it's hundreds of dollars that you may not have access to immediately but if we can give these young kids the kickstart into the industry it allows us to start dictating more pay for these division one roles it, it it allows us to start setting a higher standard and and look i mean i i've run by d3 coaches who kind of just let their athletes do what they want to do and i've run d3 coaches who could probably coach anywhere they want um and vice versa i'm sure you've crossed paths with division one coaches who you look at and you say it's it's probably not the right place for you but somehow you're working at the level you are um, but to me, that's, again, that's another argument. Who am I to say if they've gotten the role, they're in the role they're in now, that's not my concern. That's not my worry. If I'm so concerned with what someone else is doing in this industry and I, I spend 99% of my time worrying about what John Spurlock is doing and why he's getting paid this and why, why he's getting money for this, it's just a constant negativity that we don't need in our industry.
0: I agree. I think that's awesome. I think that's a good quote to end this on, that you focus on yourself, just like you did at Hanover. You came in at, you know, getting paid nothing, you built the program up, you proved yourself, and now you are where you are, and you're proud of that. Uh, But the last thing we need to be doing in this profession is looking over our shoulders saying, well, the grass is greener on the other side, or whatever it might be. We just need to stick to our guns, see what's in front of us, and make sure that we're taking care of our program and our student athletes that we have yeah i appreciate you hopping on here with me this is great
1: thanks mate no i appreciate you uh having me on and um and obviously looking forward to uh so the next opportunity i get to, to come down and check things out but um as always it's it's always been a pleasure and i i love kind of getting your perspective on things and um and good to see that there there are coaches out there with the same mentality
0: Absolutely, I'll have to. I haven't been back to a Hanover football game since it was probably two thousand and seven. So I'm due. I gotta. Then I'll hit hey, you up make, and hit Wilco up, and make, we'll have to have make, a make
1: your way up here. We'll we'll get you up to a, a football game, soccer game, and uh, we'll give you a tour of the the Hanover Sports Performance Facility. I love it. Love it. I appreciate you. Thanks, mate. Take care.
0: Have a good. One. All right. I just want to check in with everybody real quick. I had a great conversation with Alex. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I hope you guys were able to get something out of it. As always, if you have any questions or feedback for us as a Kentucky Strength staff, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks and go cats.